passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your host, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by betonline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code. That's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to Believe in 76ers. I'm Marcus Dash. I'm here with our former legendary 76ers point guard, Eric Snow, and my brother, Tasia Dash. We've had a couple weeks off. Uh, I think everyone kind of needed uh, a little break from the uh, 76ers talk after the way uh, things ended. Um, but how are you guys doing? Doing okay. Doing okay. Hanging in there, waiting for the uh, offseason now. It's funny how you go from hanging on to the season like as much as you can to being like, all right, we're out. Let's go get the finals done. Let's go. Let's go to the draft. Let's go to free agency. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, 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 it's interesting without the lot, like being involved in the lottery like picks. Because, I mean, that, that's usually something I remember back in the day. It was like, okay, season's over. I count down to lottery uh, lottery picks. But now, you know, obviously we, we were in contention so close to the finals, but then, you know, obviously kicked out no. beforehand. Um, but Eric, I wanted to ask you a question because uh, so after the um, uh, after we lost, it was the next day, it was like the exit interviews. Doc said that uh, the night uh, after the game, like four hours after we lost, he had Maxi calling him saying he wanted to start his post his, his offseason um, regimen. Um, and Doc's like, dude, take take some time off, take a week off, take, take, you know. I want to ask, how long do you like when when you lose in the playoffs? How long did you take before you started like your off season regimen, your, your work regimen, and stuff? Um, I mean, for the time that like probably when I was playing the most, um, about, I would say like two weeks. Um, you take two weeks off, and then you kind of build yourself back into it. Um, I don't I don't particularly remember the exact routine, but I know it was. Um, two weeks off, and then you probably start doing some cardio, um, start doing some weights, um, and then you kind of gradually work yourself back into basketball um, workouts. Then you kind of eventually get yourself back into playing, you know, full court, um, and then you kind of build it until then, until, you know, sometime in August and September, then you start kind of decreasing your contact and, and but also keeping your strength and conditioning up to get ready to get you through camp. 
Interesting. Yeah, well, as as far as so the, the weeks you take off from like basketball, is that just you go on vacation? Or what 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 generally what do guys do during those those two weeks? Go on vacation or just like you know chill? I mean, generally, I would, um, you know, you take a vacation. Um, taking the time off doesn't mean that you're on vacation the whole time. I mean, you could still be home. You know, like when I was older, I had children in school, mm. so that that I kind of wanted to see you know what they were doing and be at home. So you don't necessarily have to be away to take that time off. You just really taking the time off from, you know, kind of giving your body a chance to relax and recover. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Doc just, you know, talking from Maxie being one of these, these younger players just wants to get better. He was, yeah. he, was he was he was laughing about how it's common. It's common with younger guys to, to be able to, to be ready to go right away. Yeah. Those, those eager guys are hungry for that that, that next contract. Yeah. <laughs> but they got them young legs. I mean, their body their bodies aren't kind of don't have the wear and tear on it yet. So they they they're able to to go and do it right away. You older people or someone that's more experienced got to kind of guide them to that, you know, to that to that path. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so uh, lots to get into. It's the offseason now, as we kind of mentioned, do it. But uh, before we get into it, we haven't, still haven't broken down what went wrong in game six and just kind of that um, the last series, uh, in the Heat series. So we're going to go into that in uh, topic one tonight. So, um, so obviously, it's the end of the row for the Sixers. Uh, we lost the brutal game six at home to the Heat. Um, and obviously, we've had a few weeks to kind of digest and process this. Um, after the game was over, there was a lot of guys who kind of made comments about we were that, that Miami was mentally tougher. Um, they also were, were physically tougher uh, than the Sixers. Um, so that begs the question: What or who would you blame for the second round uh, exit, Eric? Uh, I can't point the finger at any one player or coach. Um, I just think Miami um, was a better basketball team. Um, at that time of the, of the year, I think if we had a full season and all teams were healthy, I, I could easily see us being a better team, um, but not, you know, the way it kind of happened. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to give us a pass on Miami competing more. That's something I felt that, you know, at, at worst, you matched that intensity. And I don't think we did that. So, um that, that's sort of an issue I have with that. Um, if it's mental toughness, physical toughness, whatever toughness it is, they had a clear advantage in that. And that's something I think that we could have changed and done differently. Now, with that, um, is that more of like bringing in certain guys to kind of raise that physical toughness? Or is that something that coaching has to kind of ignite out of the players more? What was what, what that like? How, how, do you, I mean, how do you raise that kind of competitive level like, to that? I mean, like, you, you, can, you can go and get certain guys that that's, who, that's what they're about. Um, but, you know, guys, all the guys have been there. So they can, they can make it happen. But it shouldn't be up to the coach to make it happen. It's maybe up to the coach to kind of – keep it there or kind of motivates you to kind of keep it there, but it, no one should be able to motivate you to get it there. Uh, we, that's what we got to be about. I mean, if you want to win a championship and that's what we're talking about, then this shouldn't be a conversation that we're having in the playoffs. Yeah. And I think a lot of fans confuse that and they think doc is the one who needs to ignite that from, from the players. And I think that's yeah. where a lot of fans are wrong in that. 
Um, Tasha, during that game, I know at halftime you and I uh, were on the phone with each other during the the game six, and I was actually kind of happy with, with where, where things were. You were like, "Dude, this is not this is not looking good." And then obviously, I knew, I knew it was done. <laughs> I, I mean, because because we were playing. Tobias hit that three, I think, right before halftime, and got us down by three. Like that was like us maximizing things to get to three. Whereas I don't think the Heat were even playing that well at that point. So it was like, man, this is about to really go in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, and I kind of felt like that was us the last couple of games too, just kind of holding on to something. Um, but overall, yeah, I, I didn't really have anyone I blame particularly. I just blamed, I blame lack of depth and bench as one of the main things because, you know, he had these once upon a time, unknown players are not unknown anymore, but um, giving them like eight to 13 points, like four, three or four of them, right. Giving them like eight to 13, almost every game. And, all of our production came from our top four players. So if you have an instance where one guy is injured, which he, uh, he was, or one guy is struggling, which another guy kind of was, then you're, you're done. Cause your other guys got to, your other two guys got to score like 35 each to go ahead and equal out what the other guys aren't giving you. Cause you can't rely on five to give you 10 points. You're not relying on although shake that have probably one of the better games of that, of that entire game for on our team. You can't rely on him getting you that. Like, so it was so top heavy and we got so gutted by that Harden trade that it kind of reminded me of the Butler team we had from a couple of years ago. Whereas we were so top heavy, everything had to come from those guys or else you lost. Cause there's no one to lean on where the heat are kind of the opposite. They have a bunch of guys who just spread it out. And then you have the one player to step up that game, whether it be hero or Butler or even bam. Um, so they have such a different lineup and we're just not, we weren't equipped because once you're down Embiid, you're down your the, the head of your snake, right? Yeah. Um, and then yeah, that'd be my other one to blame is you know just bad luck with injuries. I mean, just to have his face yeah. nailed apart before going into that—that's just a terrible start. We went down. Embiid, Embiid, Joel being hurt, but Danny getting injured early in that game also. That just that just put the dagger. That, in that was like you know because it was we couldn't really make up for. Um, just no matter how Danny was playing, teams still played him. Mm -hmm. They still defended him, and he was still solid um, on the other end. So taking that away on top of the other injuries, um, that really hurt, especially in the game that was needed. Well, he was our non-big four contributor, really. The only consistent one for the last two series was him. So you took him out and went from your top four to, like, space, space to the next guy. And, you know – they're just not there. Paul Reed's not there yet. He's not there. You can't I mean he wasn't supposed to be a, a consistent contributor in the playoffs. Like guys like that, when they give you something, I feel like it's a bonus. Like when Matisse gives you like seven points, like damn, that's a, okay, good. Like we got we got a free seven points out of him. Uh if Paul Reed give you five, it's like, okay, good. We got a free Paul. But we're not sitting there going, okay, we need our five from Paul Reed and then we need our seven from Matisse. No, that's just not who they are right now. Yeah. I, I, and I guess uh Talking about like the the, the mental toughness, or the physical toughness, a post game Embiid when he said that he he referenced PJ Tucker and that was a guy a kind of guy that he would want in our locker room kind of kind of deal. Um, do you think? I mean, we'll get to that later in the show, but like you think guys like that could uh, kind of help with the younger guys, kind of getting that aggression, like you know a guy who's like Tucker who's kind of scrappy, and we don't really we don't really have a scrappy kind of guy on the team right now. A guy who who dies for loose balls, you know, and B does, but talking about other guys. Um, 
Like, do, do you think a guy like that would, like, let's say we don't really make any moves with the roster, but we bring in a guy like uh, a Marcus Morris or like a P.J. Tucker type this offseason? I mean, it, it, it's they've shown to help, um, but it's also, you know, we keep throwing those same names out. <laughs> Morris, P.J. Tucker, Jay Crowder, now <laughs> a guy like Grant Williams um, are the names you're throwing out there. It's not a lot of those guys that can – not only bring the toughness, but also are really good basketball players mm-hmm. um, that can make a three, that can make a shot, can make a play. They're tough. They're versatile. They can defend um, different positions. So where we need guys like that, I don't think it's as easy as just saying, hey, let's just go get a guy like that. I mean, it, it's some things that kind of go to go have to go your way, and this, that guy has to be available. Mm-hmm. Is being a dog, like being a killer, though, like if you just have that or you don't, can you make someone a dog? I mean, I think I think if you put them in position where that's kind of what their role is, they can be sort of a somewhat of a I really wouldn't say enforcer, but somewhat of a that guy, that glue guy that you kind of need if you put them in that role. Um, but they got to have some of those dimensions. They got to have some of that, um, either the size or the mentality, um, the versatility. Some of it has to already be in them so you're really just kind of guiding them to that one thing you're you're looking looking for in particular that they don't do um but if that one thing is you know toughness i mean you can't teach anybody to be tough yeah and the yang's pretty tough the yang's tough but how tough can you be when you're going over yeah. six from three every game yeah i mean but that's like like the yang is is a like being a tough guy and being tough on the court aren't necessarily the same to me. Being a tough guy means that you're not going to let anybody just punk you. Mm. But being the enforcer out there, being tough and playing tough is, is different. Um, you know, because you have to, that guy's going to have to guard some of the better guys in the league. He's going to have to be able to switch out and do some different things and knock a couple people down and get fined or get texted. And, and that's, I don't, I don't, you know, we just don't have that. I don't, I think if, yeah. if we ask Niang to do that, I don't think, I think he'll be out of character. Um, and people will kind of see that. So then if you, when you're kind of out of character, people see it more as you're kind of going at them instead of like who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It also kind of reminds me of what Pat Bev was saying about Phoenix, about how he doesn't, he just doesn't think they're built that way. And he goes, you could see it whenever you watch, um, watch them. He goes, when I pushed Paul, who, who, who tried to protect him? Like who, who, who the guy on that team to go after people. But, you know, people think Crowder is one of those guys, but he was like known on Phoenix is that kind of like territorial dog protective type on that team. He's like, you know, Monty Williams is, he, he, he they have the coaching side of it, but they don't have that that dog mentality where like everyone on their team will jump on somebody if you go after one of their players. So yeah, I mean, I would say that I would say that Jay is. Um, I, I would think so too. Yeah, but it, you know, it's just that particular situation is different because it was more um, after the play. It was like a dead ball more so than during the game. But yeah, I mean, I understand where he's coming from. I mean, I, you know, he he's playing. I'm not so. He sees and feels something that, you know, we don't. Yeah. 
On the bright side, though, uh, on that show, Pat Beverly was kind of a lot of people think Pat Beverly was trying to make a case to come to Philadelphia in the offseason, you know, talking about Harden, saying he'd give Harden whenever, uh, and he'd love playing for Doc <laughs> Rivers. So that's a dog. Yeah, He's a dog. I, I, I love Pat Beverly on, on the squad. Um, but uh, yeah, other things about that series, you know, Butler played out of his mind. I think that's the best I've seen Butler play over a six game stretch in a really long time. He looked really good. Like at times this year, he didn't look, he didn't look like the Jimmy Butler that we all know. But that series, man, he came strong. I don't know if it was just playing against Philly that brought it out of him, but he yeah, looked really It was good. personal. Yeah. It was personal. Um, but I, I will say we're going to blame someone for the round two loss. I'm going to blame um, Pascal Siakam for the round two loss. <laughs> that works. That's a good That's a good one. Um, okay, so uh, for topic two, um, there have been some mixed reports we 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 kind of talked about on the show going into the playoffs about Doc Rivers uh, returning. Um, and Daryl Moore said uh, at the 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 post uh, the postseason presser um, that he'll be back. Uh, other Philadelphia reporters have also said that Doc will be back. But some national reporter guys, I don't know if it's just a, a national thing to just try to stir up stuff to, to throw mm-hmm. out things. But uh, they haven't ruled out Doc going to the Lakers. I think Mark Stein was one of them, Brian Windhorst, a couple other people. But the the, the local guys are pretty adamant that what Maury said that Doc staying is he's staying. Um, so my question is, with all this kind of looming, do you think Doc will be back as our guy in Philadelphia? And should he be back? I think you should give him a, a go at it for a full season. Um, I, I believe that. But I'm not confident that he will be back. Um, it, it would not surprise me if he's, you know, traded, per se, um, to another team. Like, it just, I think that just like players, every, you know, almost everyone has a price. Um, and I, I believe if, you know, Doc kind of pushes it or we kind of, we don't, we don't know how the draft's going to shake out. We don't know how free agency is going to shake out. Like, we, we, it's a lot of unanswered questions to just be so firm on, how things are going to end up. And I, and I, and I just know that some, a lot of things, we got to kind of see how this, how this plays out before we can determine, you know, whether it's a lock, someone's coming back. I, I, I would like, I think it should be, I would like him to have him back, but I'm not certain yet. Hmm. So I, I guess at, from a player's point of view, uh, you know, as fans, we always watch and say like, you know, like a, a receiver or like a point guard says, I'll be here. Like, I, I don't want to go. Yeah. And then we find out later on, it's like, okay, well, this is just the GM's talking or the player talking. But like, I think from as far as like a, a coach point of view, when they sit, when Maury and Doc are sitting next to each other saying, oh, he'll be back here next year. You think that like from a coach, they're kind of like, when they say a coach is going to be back, okay, that's fine. He's going to stay. Is that, is there, so you're saying there's really no difference between a player and a coach when it comes to that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, things can change. <laughs> So you go, and then all of a sudden, you when you when you spoke, um, everything's great. But then all of a sudden, as time went on, and an, uh, an opportunity came, or you wanted something and you didn't get it, or you know you you disagree on things. Yeah, it's just like anything. It's a relationship. Any relationships can all of a sudden go a different path. So, like I'm saying, it, it wouldn't surprise me if that relationship took a detour. Like that, that would not shock me. Um, you know, you, we've seen coach of the years be let go. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it wouldn't surprise me that all of a sudden they say, Hey, you know, I mean, how many times you see it? I like after kind of talking it up some more, we've come to this conclusion. Yeah. 
Pedro is a fan. We've mutually agreed to this. However they say it. I think he will be back, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised either, like you said, Eric. But honestly, when it gets into the want part of it, it's like I'm more of like a – I get in a lot of arguments with fans about this too because with players and coaches, with all my favorite teams – I don't get into the get rid of that person till you talk about who's coming, who are you going to replace them with? Like that's, that's just that, that, that. That's who I personally. That's what I personally think is the issue. Yes, it's just, yes. You can get rid of them, but who are you getting? Yes, people are always like, oh, I think that's such a been such a really common like fan casual Twitter take, and social media has really lifted that off the ground with like, ah, oh, off with their heads. Okay, but who's going to sit in that chair afterwards? Like. You all want to get rid of the king or you all want to replace this person or that person without someone to lead. Like it just it's it's in every it's it's everywhere now. And I'm like, don't get into the get rid of them. Who's coming? We'll figure that out. No, figure what out? Obviously, it's not as long as you think it is. What do you mean? Figure that out. We have a draft coming in. We have free agency coming up right afterwards. You have to get someone in who's, who's in line with what we have and where we want to go. So, yeah, I mean, Maury's a. Maury's a pretty calculated guy. If he does do this, it's because he probably has a plan. But I'm just talking about pure opinion-wise. I'm just not into the whole, like, if you can upgrade, you have someone in mind, sure. I'm I'm always for a better player. I'm always for a better fit and a better coach. But I'm never for getting rid of just to get rid of. A guy's got to be pretty bad to have addition by subtraction. Like, he's got to be cancerous on your team. Um, and he's got to be a bad head coach. There might not be a lot of, there might be some guys who aren't fans of Doc, but no one's going to sit here and say he's a bad coach. You don't need to know basketball if you say he's a bad coach. So he's not a bad coach. If he's not your cup of tea, sure. But if that's the case, give me a name. But like no one ever, no one ever has names or anything they want to replace you with. They just want to get rid of people. I, I just give don't. Give me a name that's available. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that, and give me a reason why it works, not just yeah. pick anybody. I, I, please yeah. do not say Jay Wright. I'm so tired of the Jay Wright. We've been hearing <laughs> Jay Wright's name since Larry Brown was here. Okay. We've been hearing Jerry, Jay Wright's name for like 20 years now. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm so tired of the Jay Wright thing. That's a pipe dream. Okay. If, if it happens, sure. But do you, we're in a win now mode anyway. If you tell me you're going to get a first time NBA coach here right now with this team, right to win right now, I'd be pretty freaked out uh, personally. But you know, again, I, I, it's good to have ma- good management that you trust. That's 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 one piece of mind that I have. That if something does happen, Maury has X, Y, and Z reasons why he does it. Will do it. So at least there's that. But yeah, I'm all for replacing if it's for a good replacement, not just to say, "All right, we did it, guy. He's out." Like yeah. now, what? Yeah, I I did see one. It wasn't. It was just a fan's kind of like perspective on it, but it, it made sense. So let's say you know they they said they they are going to keep Doc, but then you know things go awry in free agency, and you know we get we we, we get some assets back for Doc or something or pick or whatever. Then you just move Sam Cassell. Pick. You move Sam Cassell up to that head coach spot. You can't guy who's already in house who kind of knows w- w- the delay of the land and everything. You're just kind of elevating Sam Cassell to that head coaching spot, and he's interviewed for other head coaching positions all, all over the place. And a lot of people say he could be the next big thing as far as being a head coach in the league. I mean, I, it would make sense to elevate somebody already in staff that's already in house. That would that would make sense to me. What do you guys think about that? Sam deserves an opportunity. So I mean, it just depends on if that opportunity is going to come from a, a a team that's younger or a team that's already 
Um, the expectations are to win. I mean, that's yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah, I'd say I'd be fine with it again if they think that's what he deserves and he should get. My question is, is that too much pressure on someone who's going to be finding their footing as a first-time head coach for a team that has semifinal expectations today, like right now? Like you, you have to go further than you did last year. Otherwise, this is a failure um, because we can't keep losing in this round. So that's the, that's the whole thing. I mean, is that fair to give someone who's brand new to that uh, that level of expectation off the bat? Right. So, yeah, I mean, but if not him, who I, I mean, I, I don't know who they had it and he did it with Boston. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's, it's true. It can, it can happen. I'm, I think that Sam's qualified is just a matter of the decision makers and what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And if we are involved in the whole Beal sweepstakes like that, the reports have been going on for the last few weeks. Beal and Casella are, are, are very close. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, okay, so uh, the final topic uh, tonight. Um, so obviously there have been reports that Daryl Morey is hunting for a star this offseason. Um, we've also seen reports in the last few days that uh, forward Matisse Thibel is not is not an untouchable asset for the Sixers, uh, and the Chicago Bulls are apparently uh, pretty interested in his services. So I, I guess my question is, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but what do you think the team is missing? And do you think by bringing in another star that would really fulfill the things that the team is missing and lacking? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, you have Joel, but I, I believe that you need a number two guy. Whether he becomes a number two guy with us, we don't know. But you need a, a, a two closer to one than a two – than a three closer to a four, because I think that in order for us to really get the best James Harden, I think that we need someone else that can win us a game or someone else that we can give the ball to in the fourth quarter and he can go out and make plays consistently. And he's a guy that possibly could need a double team. Um, If you're going to go out and get someone, I believe that that's the type of player that you need to go get. Um, If you're going to make a move and you're going to give up you know, you're number three or option and, and, and one or two guys on the bench and picks that you need a guy that's that I think is, is ready right away to come in here and be a guy that if, if Joel was injured, he could be your number one option. Would you say, OK, um, let's say would you say Maxi is untouchable or if it's no. if, if, oh, OK, so you would get you would deal Maxi for Buell. Yes. Eric, coming out swinging. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, if you're trying to win, if you say we're trying to win right now. So you, yes. wait, hold on. So you think, you, you, you it's, think it's no ma- different. It's no different than the, the, um, the Lakers giving up on Ingram and all those guys that get and, um, Davis. They gave up on him because they wanted to win the championship. Do you think they would have won the championship with those guys instead of Antonio Davis? Is the you, question. But you think Beals on Davis's level? At the time, at the time. No, I'm just saying at the time, I don't think he's at that level, but I think he's at the level of the role that he would he could play. He could fulfill that role that I'm speaking about um, with us. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I see what you're saying, but at the same time, wouldn't – you don't think we'd be better with a lesser player than Beal and Maxi, rather than get rid of Maxi for someone like Beal. 
like a, a slightly lower tier and maxi? I, I, I see it definitely. I see that you can, you can, and if you're going to get Bill, that you can get more guys like that fill a role. Um, I mean, my thing with giving up on Maxie, what you don't want to give up is just how young he is, and we really don't know how good he's going to be. Now, that's that's a hard thing with him. Um, but if you're telling me now that, hey, we're in a win right now mode, then yes, I'll make that decision. But if you're saying, yeah, we, we're good with just getting making the playoffs and wherever we end up, we end up, then yeah, you keep Maxie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and you and you think Beal is good enough to trade in the maxi chip for? Yes. What about the Yeah. Talent wise, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. My thing about Levine is I don't know if if he would necessarily be a guy that would want to be here long term being the younger guy, I think that he would kind of come, but kind of have one foot in LA. <laughs> I think he would kind of be like that type of guy. And I'm not sure if that would kind of work because you got to want to be in Philly to play in Philly. Like you got to want to be there. Um, it's hard to be a casual player there. And I think that Bill for how things have gone in DC and where he's at in his career I think he's looking for the, this type of team where yeah. he can go and, and have a chance to make a run. I would think so, yeah. And I don't think him and Levine, and I don't know either either of them personally, but I just kind of – I was I would kind of – looking at Levine, I think – I don't think he he's that kind of guy that would want to come to Philly to fill that role. I think he's looking for more of a – Number one option. If it's not number one option, then let me go where I want to go. Mm-hmm. So you think maybe maybe Levine's too young to uh, uh, say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of three to four points a game in order to win. Get yes, more yes. And that's yeah. what you gotta kind of you have to be in that mode. And I don't think he's there. I think he's in the mode of going up. So if Beal signs a massive deal with Washington, that's him saying, I don't really care about the wins, actually. I want to continue scoring. I mean, you, you, you can never <laughs> knock a guy for signing for – No, no, of course not. No, 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 of course not. <laughs> you, but, you sign for the money, then you figure out everything else. Yeah. With a trade <laughs> <laughs> but when you sign for that money, you're kind of getting rid of options, though, aren't you, though? I mean, like – Yeah, you are, but, you know, you, you only um, have this span of your life once. Hundred percent. So, but he's but he's kind of saying when doing that, like, okay, like I know we're not because of this massive contract. We're probably. Yeah, I, don't, not I think with Bill, it. I don't. I just don't know if Bill is going to demand it. I, I don't. I don't know if he's going to do that. Um. So it, it kind of depends on what, what Tommy and, and and the Wizards are kind of trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And how close they think they are. Yeah. Now, Tage, where are you on the uh, the maxi? Um, like, to, are you on more of the mindset of trade Tobias to get like a John Collins type, and then kind of build around what we have, or like kind of what Eric said, is win now mode. You trade Maxi and to buy because we'd have to probably trade Tobias too in that deal, correct? 
which one? The Beal one? If you're to trade or Max, Levine? yeah, because he's such a bit. You need that. You need that contract to bring back contract. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, if they did if they did a Collins type deal, they'd be doing that to try to save money. I would assume they try to get James to sign for less money, and they'd and then they'd have like 20, 25 more million to play with, and be like, okay, we could try to get this guy or sign a couple of like ten, twelve million dollar players to fill in the, the holes we have. Um, yeah, it all depends. I mean, it depends on the. Maury's always been a, I'm going to get the best player possible and figure the rest out later guy. Mm. Um, I remember when they had uh, all their stacked Houston teams, they were offering like six picks for to Minnesota for Butler. Like they were dying to get Butler on that team. Um, Cause I don't think he, I don't think he cares about the, we'll figure it out. He knows he'll get veteran men players eventually who will want to win, but let me just get the best five on the court. So I think if there's a if there's a player to go after and to maximize, I think he will try. Austin Krell brought up a good point recently, and it was kind of what we were talking about. And he said, you know, if it came down to um, having to give up Maxi to get Beal or not having to give up Maxi and get Levine, what would you rather do? Um, but I see what you're saying about the whole L.A. thing and, and being commit, committed here. But I think as far as having the best talent, I think it would be probably better to have the Levine and keep uh, Maxi, But then again, my, my mind started going, how would that really work? Like, what are you going to have Levine playing three? I mean, like who's going to play three? I mean, like, so would you go Maxi to the bench? Would he be our six man going forward? I mean, like, I, that's for yeah. them to figure out. You have to do You'd have to do that though. Or you couldn't have at the end of the games, maybe you'd have like a really small lineup, I guess, to have all those guys at the court at once and be matchup nightmares. But at the same time, we'd also be a defensive mismatch on the other side of the court because you'd have Levine garden like Butler and that ain't going to fly. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a very interesting off season. If you were besides the whole star hunting aspect of it, I'd say we need to, we need a rebounder, right? Both Raptors and heat demolish us on the boards. Cause many times it was, it was MB getting the rebound or if it was like a loose ball that we scrambled to grab on the ground, like that, that, that would be it almost every time it was Embiid two on one trying to get a rebound or, or a bunch of scramble for it. Um, a three and D wing player. I mean, he, I, I love Danny green. He's been a great service to us, but ACL at that age, man, I, I don't see him coming back at least till, you know, a, a year from now, which would be the playoffs. So a vet min mid late season, sure for a playoff run, but we need to look for that younger version of that. I, I was hoping Thibel would be that, but. Here we are waiting for that shot to come any minute now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we do have some assets to get. We do have flexibility. So if there is that player to get, I mean, we can do it. We can we can turn a lot of heads with a big deal if we wanted to. If we, if we saw that player to change it for us, we can do that. We do have – and, you know, that, that's a luxury to be there. Um, but 3 and D, dog, rebounder. Um, if we're just talking about filling gaps and holes, I mean, Maxi would fill a huge hole. I'm not saying I don't want to be a six man, but that would be a huge hole that we'd fill for that. Like, I mean, I, having I, a guy, I believe I believe that that's his best role on this team. Just coming in, six just man, coming in, put, putting it on in the six man yes. role. Yeah, yeah. And work, work for Hero. I mean, he, they they try gave him the storyline. I just think that you know you 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 got to play him more minutes without James on the court. Because um, then he can be a primary ball handler. I think you limit him a little bit, having him play off the ball as much. 
Yeah. Um, he is becoming a great catch and shoot player, though. That's cool. I mean, that's if he wasn't doing that, he wouldn't be averaging near what he's averaging now. But so that can keep going. That's great, too. But yeah, I think you're right. Then I think you'd be looking at what Levine, Harden, find your stretch three or find your three and D and then find your just. Thibo should be that guy. I know. <laughs> I mean, he's perfect for that role. Um, they just, you know, go go work on corner threes. But he's a free agent after next season, so they need to start making their decision with him soon. Like, is this the guy we're going to resign long-term, give money to? Or is it, like, do we have to, like, train if him If he makes now? a corner three, and, and he'll decide it for them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. At that point, he's like, oh, this is our, <laughs> yeah. this is our three for the next however yeah. many years of them beating hard. And, yeah, um, yeah I, I think they were hoping for that just to happen and, and him to become that guy. And then um, as far as fours go, once you start, if you do get rid of like, hey, let's say you got Levine for Harris and someone else, right? And assets. Um, I think that four, just a, a good rebounder who can shoot and, and it's not it's not a defensive liability. I think that would be my ideal. I mean, I know Marcus Morris is a, obviously our top of a wish list, but more realistically, I, I, I'm a huge Michael Green fan. I, I like Michael Green. Um, he can even play some small ball five when Embiid sits. Um, you know, he could play four. He has a decent shot. He can, he can, you know, switch a little bit. Um, he could rebound, you know, a guy like that. I saw Jackson Hayes might get traded from new Orleans. Um, I mean, he's a dog. That guy's a dog, big time dog. So there are guys out there. I think we could fill it in, but you know, first, I think first shoot a drop is the, uh, to see if the nets keep that, that pick or they defer next season and we get that pick back. That's yeah. the first thing to, to start. Once we see that happen, then I think we can start to make plans with what we want to do, you know, for this season and next. Um, do you think Paul Reed can be that for? A lot of fans um, want him to step in that position, but I'm like. Yeah, I mean, I think he can be. I, I think he's a situational four, though. Um, I yeah. still think you need a sort of the four that you were talking about. And the Yank can sort of play that role. I think they kind of complement each other but yeah they do but i think what you're saying is you kind of need a four that can do what both of those guys do in yeah. one player <laughs> in yeah. one player i think that yes that would be great if we can find that guy some guys out there like that but um you know they're a high priority with other teams in the league too bobby portis another guy like that they're a high priority he'd be a good four and he could fill in for five when it beats down I mean, but yeah, they are. They are. I mean, teams aren't stupid. They know. And uh, he, he took less money last year to stay with Bucks for a year. Yeah. So I doubt he does that again. He's going to go out looking for money now. So, yeah, yeah. lots to be seen over the next uh, next few months. So uh, but uh, yeah. So uh, for next week, um, I think the, the Nets have I think it's June 1st is the uh, is the deadline for them to yep. see if they're going to take the pick or not. So and then I'll be uh, right after our show. But I mean, I, I think I've already seen reports that people are saying that the Nets are probably not going to uh, take the pick this year. It's going to wait till next year. So, well, okay. I guess we'll find it, out more. It, for, it for depends next. how well they'll think we'll do next year. So, uh, yeah. if they defer, that means they don't think we're going to have as good of a season next year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Or they don't know what they, or, or either they don't know what they're going to do. Or yeah, or With they free think agents and the guys that they have. Yeah, yeah. So, that's true. Leave the spots open. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I do like having the pick just to have, you know, it's fun, fun to watch the draft. You know, when we don't have a pick, it's not fun to watch the draft. You know, yeah. you saw the NFL draft there. You didn't have that for you didn't have that first. <laughs> yeah. 
and it gives you and it gives you one more asset, right? I mean, I don't you can't trade picks back to back years, but you could draft them and trade them. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's definitely ways to go around that in the NBA. You could tell a team who do you want. <laughs> we'll we'll trade them to you two minutes later. Who do you want? So I mean, I'm sure there's ways around it. I mean, I, I don't know all the tricks and the trades of that, but you know, it's one more asset to have. You have you have another asset. You have Thibel. I mean, no, I don't want to give up on him, but Maxi, you have a pick. So we do have things, you know, to trade off. And, you know, 23 is something to scoff at. What we get Maxi at? 21? Yeah. So things can happen. Yeah, yeah you never know. Yeah. So. All right, fellas. Lots to be uh, seen for the, over the next few months. But uh, th- th- thanks for tuning in to Believe in 76ers, presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys next week. And hopefully uh, the Nets, by the time of our next show, we'll, uh, we'll know if we have our pick for, for, uh, for this upcoming draft. So we'll see you guys next time. All right. Take it easy. Finger. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.